You're listening to episode number 48 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast brought to you by the Leaders Institute and fearlesspresentations.com. I'm your host, Doug Stanner, president of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you get rid of public speaking fear and increase your success by increasing your confidence when you communicate. This is episode number 48, and this is part one of a two-part series on Train the Trainer session. So in this episode, I'm going to cover some of my time-tested tips on how to become a good presentation coach. And by the way, even if you don't want to be a coach, the information can be really, really valuable because you can see some of the really behind-the-curtain things that we do as presentation skills coaches that might be interesting to you. The podcast is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. And I, I, I don't talk about this much, but if you have questions or comments, our Twitter handle is at FP class, like FP for fearless presentations, at FP class. And, and we try to answer every single question that comes in via Twitter. And in addition to that, I'm going to be covering a number of different um, uh, aspects of train the trainer. So if you have questions or if you have comments or anything like that, make sure to go to the show notes that are listed on fearlesspresentations.com. You can also find the, the, a link to the show notes in the description, whether you're, if you're watching this on, or if you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher, you can go and look at the the description and it'll take you to the show notes. There's always a lot of great information on the show notes page. So it's a, it's a really good addition to the podcast. If you've never had a chance to, to look at that. Now we have 15 classes coming up in the third quarter of 2018. So we've got fearless presentations classes coming up in Detroit, Columbus, Atlanta, New York, Nashville, Washington, D.C., Dallas, St. Louis, Los Angeles, Orlando, Portland, Boston, Cincinnati, and then also in Austin. We also have classes coming up in Europe, in Vienna, in London, and Dublin. Those are all coming up in the next few months. So if you're interested in any of those classes, make sure and go to fearlesspresentations.com to register for a class because, like I say every week, we only allow a maximum of 10 people per class. And once the class builds up, we have to close registration. So let's get on with today's podcast. So the topic today is about train the trainer, especially, specifically anyway, in training the train the trainer for presentation skills classes. Now, many of you know my background and, and probably know that I didn't set out to be a presentation skills coach. You know, I was just a guy who had a challenge speaking in front of a group. And so I studied and practiced for years and, and figured out a few secrets that make presenting much, much easier. So I spent the first 10 years of my of my teaching career anyway, learning everything I could about public speaking. I spent the next five years training thousands of people all over the world how to do what I had done. Eventually, though, I got to a point where 
I just didn't have any more time. I, had, I was teaching so many classes and traveling all over the world to, to teach programs that I didn't have enough time in the day to fulfill all of the requests that I was getting. So at that point, I began to train other trainers. I was doing train the trainer for the Fearless Presentations classes. And in fact, for the, for the last decade or so, I, I, I haven't done very many public speaking classes of my own anyway. Uh, most of the time when I'm out teaching, especially teaching presentation skills, I'm doing it as I train the trainer. I am, I'm, I've got another trainer with me that I'm teaching to do what, I, what I've done. So, And I've been doing that, like I said, for about the last decade. So I've gotten pretty good at it. I've trained some, some really good presentation coaches in the last couple of decades anyway. So what we're going to cover in this session are a few things about the train the trainer process just in general. And in fact, a lot of the stuff that we're going to cover today are things that you can you can use in any type of train the trainer process. But there are going to be a few of the items that I'm going to cover that are specifically geared toward train the trainer for presentation skills because it is a an entirely different kind of genre than most other training programs or most other seminars or classes that that uh, somebody can learn to teach so the first though first off though let me kind of talk a little bit about um, about the, some of the few a few of the challenges anyway that can occur with learning to speak in front of a group or learning to, to teach other people how to how to speak in front of a group one of the things that I found just about about train the trainer especially in presentation skills is that people who at one time had a fear of public speaking tend to be much better public speaking coaches than folks that are that are extremely polished public speakers you know and, and by the way this is just from my personal experience after training dozens and dozens of different professional public speaking coaches what i found is that is that the ones who were professional speakers before becoming a coach with me tended to struggle more in the process um, in fact, I, I had, I've had the most challenges teaching trainers who came from the college level or the university level. These were folks who maybe had been teaching at a, at a college or a junior college or university for 5, 10, 15, 20 years who then decided to come over and, and experiment in the private sector. What I find is that the people who kind of do that are much more challenging, at least for me as a public speaking coach to coach. So, the um, we'll kind of talk about that in, in a little bit in, in just a moment. But but um, the I, the the folks who actually had a fear or a nervousness and came through my classes as a, as a student and then overcame that fear typically make really, really good coaches because they have empathy for the people who are going through the class. They're, they can relate more to what the people are going through. And so I tend to find that they have a dramatic advantage. And I, I'll give you a good example of this. My first, the first person that I ever trained to be a trainer was actually my wife. And, and uh, she and I had been dating for, I would say, probably about a year or so, maybe two years, um, before I started to learn how to be a, a speaker or, or a coach, a presentation coach. And, and of course, as I was going through that process, I was always excited. I'd go on dates and I would dates with her and I would kind of explain to her what I'd learned in that, in that day or in that the week since we last talked to each other. And it was funny because one of the things that she used to say quite often in those conversations was, you will never, ever get me in front of a group like that because she had that nervousness. She had that resistance. She, she never saw public speaking as being a, a good career move for her. But what was interesting was that um, the, the eventually after 
she saw the change that changes that I was going through. She saw me become a good coach. She saw me become an exceptional speaker. And she realized that that um, that it was kind of a life changing co- uh, process that I was that I was going through. So it, it had changed me in such a positive, positive way that eventually she came up to me and asked if she could sit through one of my classes. Now she was asking me if she could come through one of my classes. And being a new coach, being a new speaker, uh, a presentation coach anyway, at the time I was a little bit resistant to that. So basically, what I suggested that she do was go through a class that, that my mentor, the woman who was training me to be a public speaking coach, was was leading. And, and of course, just like with me, my wife had a, a life changing experience as well. And a couple of years later, she was actually one of the best public speaking coaches that I've ever had. So she and and the reason why she was so good at it was because she had a great empathy for the people who were going through the class because it was something that she knew that she had or had had trouble with and since she was able to overcome that she was able to help other people now by the way it she doesn't she didn't become a, a, a speaking coach overnight um, while she was going through the class my my um, my mentors class anyway at the time uh, she was a bakery manager and in the year after she went through the class immediately after completing the class, she heard the bakery that she was managing was was dead last as far as revenue in the entire company. She had just taken it over. Uh, she'd been promoted to to be the the manager manager of this bakery, and uh, and she, using a lot of the stuff that she kind of learned from from that class, she turned that bakery around. She went from the worst to the top revenue generating bakery in the entire company. Well, her boss was not an idiot, so he saw that she had done this already once. So basically what he did was he put her in the new worst um, bakery that, that he had, and she did it again. Two years in a row, she she um, she turned the, the bakeries around from the worst in the company to the best, and then she did it a third year as well. So so after that third year, though, um, she was getting to the point where she was really burnt out and that kind of thing. And so, so and and we at that point we'd already been married, we'd gotten married, and uh, we, were, we were planning on starting a family and everything. So, so um, she started talking to me very seriously about becoming an instructor for me. And in fact, the first couple of years that the Leaders Institute was in business. Uh, it was basically just she and I. I was the I was the sales guy, and she was the the main instructor for the company, and and everybody loved her. You know, she's just a fantastic, um, fantastic instructor. She actually retired when we had our first kid, and so so she decided to become a, a stay at home mom. But uh, but um, was still to this day one of the best instructors that we've ever had at the Leaders Institute. Now, so with that being said, um, a lot of the speakers that we have, a lot of the the really good public speaking coaches that work for Fearless Presentation. A lot of them come from the classroom. There are people who actually went through the class as a student, and it was such a life-changing experience for them that they decided to help other people and, and, and help other people get what they got out of the program. Now, in contrast, experienced presenters can sometimes be the toughest to, to do the train-the-trainer with. Um, the the uh, what, in fact one of my first coaches right after um, the, the, in fact the very first coach that I hired after uh, after uh, my wife retired was uh, a guy out of Orlando and he was a professional speaker and and he had been teaching and training for better part of twenty five years by the time that that uh, he came to work for me part time as an instructor and. As I was training him to do what I do, though, he was much more resistant than my wife had been. You know, my wife basically just, since she didn't have any other background, she she knew that what she went through in the class worked. And so she just wanted to learn how to do that. Whereas 
the, this coach out of Orlando because he had been teaching for a number of years. He kind of had his own way of doing things, and so it was much more challenging to to kind of get him to see the the process that we were going through. By the way, though, he couldn't really argue with my success. I was getting really really good results, and so he saw that what I was doing was really good. It was just he had his own habits. He had ways of doing things that were a little different than what I was trying to teach him. And so as a result, it was much more difficult for him to implement this stuff. Eventually, though, uh, and by the way, for about five years, um, he was one of the best trainers for my company. He was he got, We got such great um, feedback from him, from his class members. Eventually, though, what I started getting was a little – I started getting just minor complaints every now and then from, from folks who were going through that were his students. And um, and eventually, after getting three or four of these, because we just we never get complaints. I mean, the the class works so well that very few people ever complain ever. I mean, it's just it was it's so rare. That, so when you when I get one, it's like oh my god, what the heck are what the heck's going on with, with him? I I'd, I'd gotten two or three in I don't know maybe a two or three month period of time, and so I knew something wasn't right. So what I did was I sent one of my other instructors out to just kind of audit his class and. And um, what was funny was that I still remember the conversation. The the guy who I sent to watch him teach, you know, kind of called me up at, at maybe the second break, and he said, "Hey, Doug, I have I'm not sure exactly what this guy is teaching, but I do know that it is not the fearless presentations class." So it turned out that this trainer's 25 years of experience, it it came with a bunch of ingrained habits. So the the farther that he got from my train the trainer sessions the more he drifted back to what he used to do versus what I had been training him to do. So it was much more difficult to, to kind of train him. A good analogy is it would be like somebody practicing golf. A good golf pro would much rather have somebody who has never picked up a golf club in his or her life than someone who's been hacking around for 25 years. <laughs> the novice is trainable. The novice has no ingrained bad habits, and so the novice is easier to train. And that's what I kind of find with public speaking coaches as well. Folks who were nervous, who came through a, a, a training seminar and got great benefit out of it, tend to be easier to coach, easier to train than somebody who has been speaking for 25 years or so. Anyway. So, by the way, that is not to say, by the way, that the experienced speaker or presenter can't be good public speaking coaches. And in fact, it, it, a lot of the public speaking coaches that we have at Fearless Presentations are also people who have been speaking or training for 10, 15, 20 years or so. So it, it's not that at all. It just really depends on the habits that that person has acquired over those years. A few of the best public speaking instructors that, that are in my company were, were actually public speaking coaches before they actually joined the Leaders Institute as well. So before you decide who you want to train as a speaking coach, you probably want to go through the rest of what we're going to cover in this session to determine whether or not they're a really good fit. So, so let me kind of cover some of the big mistakes, by the way, that public speaking coaches will tend to make. And it... it if you can avoid these mistakes, it'll make you a much, much better public speaking coach, especially if you're training somebody else to be a public speaking coach. So the, one of the biggest mistakes that I see public speaking coaches make just in general is the, the technique where they wait for the person to fail and then they critique the person. Right? So, And I'll give you a good example of this. When I was in college, I had to take a business communications class. 
and my grade was based on scores that I received for each of three presentations in, in the semester. So I would give a presentation, wait three or four weeks, and then give a second presentation, wait three or four weeks, give a third presentation. And my entire grade was based on the average of those three, of the, of the, the grades that I got on those three presentations. So the teacher, by the way, was a teaching assistant. So this was a, a young woman who was probably a couple years older than I was at the time. I think I was a junior in college at the time. And, and she used a method that many presentation skills facilitators use. It's, it's, a, it's a method that, it, it's basically where if you're, if you're going to critique somebody, you want to sandwich it between two compliments. We call it the sandwich method or the Oreo method. So uh, basically what you do is, is you give somebody a compliment and then you give them the critique and then you give them a, another compliment to make the critique a little bit more palatable, right? Um, just between you and me, though, it doesn't work. That, that technique is it, it's a terrible way to, to kind of coach somebody. And the reason why is because nobody hears the compliment. I mean, you, we hear the compliments, but we don't believe them, right? So it, the, the critique is, is what we hear, and that's what we really focus on. Um, so, so like in, in this class, by the way, that I was taking when I was in uh, junior in college, I gave my first presentation, I got a 94 on it. So it was an A grade. I actually did really well in my first presentation. However, you know, right at the end of the presentation, she gave me one of these, the, the teaching assistant gave me one of these sandwich technique criticisms. And, and she said, and I don't remember the thing, it, it, word for word, but it sounded something like this anyway. So, Doug, that was a great presentation. You had a very fluid delivery. However, you said, um, seven times. By the way, anytime that word however comes in, a compliment, you know that everything that was just said is is crap. It doesn't, it, you know, nobody, it, it everything that I've said before that you can disregard it because here's what I'm really telling you. So, so she, she said, um, she said, however, um, you said, um, seven times and you kept sticking your hands in your pants pocket. So you should really work on that next time. Although, again, very, very good presentation. So, so, um, and again, that's what we hear a lot in from public speaking coaches. They give that that criticism mixed in with a couple of compliments. So, three weeks later, by the way, I gave my second presentation, and in that second presentation, I said um fourteen times. So, I doubled the number of times that I said um the first time, and I didn't really stick my hands in my pockets. However, I did catch myself a few times going toward, you know, taking my hands and moving them toward my pockets and then catching myself. And so that abrupt stopping was causing a, a big challenge for me. So I ended up getting an 84 on that presentation. And then the one I gave, the third presentation I gave a few weeks after that, I got a 74 on. So I, so from my way of thinking, by the time I finished that program, by, by that time I finished that class, I was thinking, holy cow, every time I give a presentation, I get worse because I got an A and then I got a B and then I got a C. Holy crap, I'm glad there wasn't four presentations, you know? So the, uh, by the way, so, so that technique doesn't really work. And, and that's, again, that is one of the big mistakes that we'll see presentation coaches make. It's also one of the things that, that the big drawbacks that toasting clubs like Toastmasters will, will a lot of times will have. And by the way, if you look at the Toastmasters um, guidelines, there is no critiquing involved at all. They're not supposed to. There's not supposed to be any critiques in in Toastmasters. However, what will tend to happen is as a a group begins to to um, to, to meet for weeks and weeks and years, what will happen is sooner or later somebody will start giving a critique, and once they do. 
everybody that follows after that will think that that's part of the process. And so it's not, uh, it's actually not a part of, as far as I know anyway, it's not a part of Toastmasters, but you'll kind of see that. And so you want to be very, very careful of listening to people who are giving you critiques because that is likely going to undermine your confidence. It's going to make it much harder to give presentations. The second big mistake that a lot of people will make is over-teaching and under-practicing. In fact, Aristotle once said, for the things we have to learn before we can do them, we learn by doing them. <laughs> so in, in many presentation classes, the instructors will give a, a series of teaching items or lessons, and then the facilitator will expect everyone to retain all of that information without practice. Now, this happens in a lot of seminar-style classes. Um, th this type of delivery is, is basically a one-way communication method, meaning that the, the trainer speaks, the audience listens. You know, by the way, people who have a significant amount of stage fright actually love this type of, of class. And the reason why it doesn't work, by the way, it, it's a, a terrible way to, to do a public speaking class. But the people who are nervous love it because it's passive. The, the person with fear can go through the entire class without ever having to confront that fear. So as a result, the fear or nervousness has the propensity to actually increase as a result of this type of, of program. And I recently did a, a series of webinars and, and in the session that I, that's called uh, Seven Important Things That You Need to Know About Webinars, I talked extensively about this. So if, so if you haven't yet listened to that podcast, make sure and, and go back and, and take a review of that because it will really help you understand the, this, this particular concept effectively. If the person you are doing the train the trainer for could deliver his or her entire presentation in a webinar, then the person is likely making this mistake. Right? So the third mistake that I see a lot of presenters or coaches kind of make is that they're providing a really cookie cutter type of presentation structure. That's it's one of those that's good for every presentation type structure. And and I have to admit, I was really guilty of this mistake for for years, better part of a decade or so. When I first started teaching the fearless presentations classes, I needed a structure that would fit just about any situation because we had people from the general public coming to the the fearless presentations classes. So I started teaching what we call the three-point talk format. And, and by the way, this is the same format that we cover in podcast number three. Um, and uh, and, and I've, I've kind of talked extensively about this. And the reason why is because it is so flexible. This format is so flexible that with just a few minor adjustments, it can fit just about any type of presentation. And, and it's worked really well for us and for students of the Fearless Presentations classes over the years. Um, the, we, in fact, I had so much success with it that, it that I began to see this type of format as really, quote, the ideal structure for every type of presentation. And it really wasn't designed to, to do that. It was designed to fit most presentations, but it wasn't designed to, it wasn't designed to be the end-all and be-all of how to design a presentation. Um, but so over the years, all of a sudden, I started getting class members that would come up to me and they would say things like, um, they would say things like, you know, I don't have the luxury of being able to change my presentations. My, my company gives us standard slide decks. I mean, that happens a lot where the company needs to standardize the presentations that are being given. So they give a slide deck. And, and obviously, if we're teaching ways to design presentations and the person who is taking the class can't design their own presentation, then it, it wasn't really as helpful for that particular person. 
another type of thing that I would hear a lot would be somebody that had to give technical presentations. They would say, you know, I have to give very technical presentations, and so I have a tremendous amount of data that I have to deliver. Well, obviously, a three-point talk format or a four-point talk format or a five-point talk format isn't necessarily going to be the best for that type of presentation as, as, as well. And then the last one that was that, that I kept hearing, especially in recent years, was, you know, I have to teach a 10-step process, and all of the steps are critical. So a good example of this was um, a few months ago, I was teaching a class for um, the uh, Da Vinci um, uh, a surgical device company. So they, they basically, they made, uh, um, they made microscopic, uh, mi- micro scopic surgery type utensils so or or products and uh, and and in their training they had to teach a specific step-by-step process and you couldn't skip any of those steps right so so um it, the what i found myself doing when each one of these instances kind of occurred was i, I would try to to since i knew the three-point talk was so effective i would try to 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 kind of make it fit, I would say, well, this this fits so many areas that you, we can make it fit here. And so it was it was the proverbial, you know, square peg into a round hole kind of thing. So it it and it took me years to come to the realization that although the 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 that particular structure was good for most types of presentations, that if I wanted to be a really really good presentation skills coach. I had to be able to adapt to the specific needs of every class member, and that's one of the things that we do now in the in the fearless presentations class is really trying to adapt it, especially on the corporate side. When companies hire us to come in and do those corporate classes, we really want to customize those. And so, um, so those. By the way, so those are some of the challenges that a lot of presentation coaches will have. And if you've been to a public speaking class, or if you've been to a training program in the past, or you've done some type of train the trainer. And the person who you you were um, you were training under was doing any of those kind of things, and there's a good chance that that probably isn't going to work as well as what you would really want it to. You know what? I'm looking at the clock here, and we're already like 25 minutes in, and I do have five key things that you can do as a public speaking coach that will, especially if you're doing train the trainer, that will make the train the trainer process much 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 easier but it's going to take me quite a while to go through this so i'll tell you what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna break this into a two-part session and we'll cover the next part next week so we'll cover those five things next week so so stay tuned for five things that you can do to be a much better or have a much better train the trainer process when you're trying to learn presentation skills we'll be back next week and cover this Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.